0: Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside, folks? Hey, welcome to our party. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting weekly garden program. We call it the Gestalt Gardener, and I'm your host, Horticulturist Felder Rushie. Our program's producers are awesome, Java Chapman. This going to be a hot human one here at the very beginning of August. Maybe a little rain here and there, but overall it doesn't look too bad. So as I say every week, welcome to all y'all listening live or by podcast. We're going to take a real quick break, a little bit of news, and then come back with some phone calls because this is what we love doing the best. It's a live program, folks. You got stuff you want to chat about in your garden. We don't care who you are, who your mom and them are, what you wear or not. Just sit back, relax. We're going to take some news and come back and hear the Gestalt Garden Party. We're going to get dirty. Stick with us.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
0: Okie dokie folks, welcome back again. Horticulture's fellow rushing and me and Java and Kevin Farrell and all the other folks at MPB. Glad you joining us today. It's sort of a garden party thing and I know it's hot and humid out there, but for the next hour or so, if there's some, some stuff you want to talk about, you want to kick some ideas around, maybe throw out some stuff that I overlooked, I'm not embarrassed to not know everything at all. After all these years, decades of stuff, there's stuff that I just don't have a clue about. Hey, speaking of which, last week uh, somebody called and said that they had heard there might be a problem with a plant called lemon balm, uh, whether it's bad for bees or not. And I I didn't think there was. Anyway, I've done a tremendous amount of online research, and I got uh, a couple of friends who have sent stuff in, and nope, bee uh, bee balm lemon balm all the members of the mint family perfectly good for bees matter of fact they actually have an antibacterial effect in the hive itself so anyway live and learn i didn't think there was a problem but you know i'm not going to second guess myself i'm just going to look stuff up. Anyway, if you want to give us a call, we've got the phone lines wide open. It is a live program. If you're listening on Friday, Saturday, or if you're listening by, by podcast, um you can always email us. It's pretty straightforward. It comes straight to me uh, garden at garden@mpbonline.org. And even while we're sitting here chatting on the phone, I've got my laptop open so if there's some things you want to chat about and don't feel like um uh, going on the air, just shoot me an email, garden at org. Uh, a couple of interesting things this past week. One is uh, w- when we get off the air, we're going to uh – is going to put the, our, the podcast for this program together. And uh, we're going to use a picture that was sent to me by a Tupelo listener named Barbara Wright. Barbara has a, a unique bottle tree. I've seen all sorts of bottle trees. Wrote a whole book on bottle trees and Del Chihuly and garden glass and art glass and all that. But she has the coolest bottle tree at Tupelo. Uh, it's bottles that are hanging from tree limbs. Uh, but they're not just hanging by their necks. They're suspended in what look like macrame mesh bags. I can't tell if, if they were repurposed for something or if Barbara had made them herself, but uh, she has these beautiful blue and brown and different color green bottles hanging from her trees above a uh, a nice little birdbath in her tree hanging from macrame mesh bags. I'm, it just looks really, really good. So anyway, if you're a what I call uh, a bottle treearian, uh, as opposed to the normal Aryans out there. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the group. You know, many, many years ago, I gave a lecture uh, with the with the fellow named Don Featherstone. He's from he was from Massachusetts. Uh, Don passed away several years ago. Don patented pink flamingos back in 1957. And uh, I asked him why he did it, and uh, he said, well, first of all, he was an art school graduate. Um, so, the and the, the original Don Featherstone flamingos, and I'm not talking about those big old pink things that got the big bulgy eyes and the cute eyelashes and the black thing that the legs stick in. The ones that really look like flamingos, feather detail and everything, they have Don Featherstone's uh, uh, signature uh, embossed on them. Anyway, those things have been around since 1957. I saw I did. He said, "Think about this feller. Before plastic, only rich people could afford poor taste in their gardens." And I'm thinking that's really, really liberating. So anyway, pink flamingo people tend to all feel like that they're part of a, a eye poke club. You know, we all together we're saying, you know, we're we're different and we're proud. So f- pink flamingo people are sort of a pink flamingo people, if you know what I mean. But every bottle tree, I don't care if it's mass-produced, whatever kind of bottles you put on it, whether it's something you made yourself out of uh, an old dead tree or some nails stuck in a fence post or whatever, every single bottle tree is truly unique. They're no two alike. So bottle tree people are saying, not we're okay, but I'm okay. And I appreciate that. Anyway, thanks, Barbara. We're going to uh, post a picture of it on the podcast as soon as we get off the air today. Hey, if you want to give us a call, the lines are open. It's toll-free. Uh, this sticky day, sticky August, uh, first part of August type of weekend, muggy dog day type of week, not going to go outside, let's stay inside and talk about it kind of day, one mpb ring also got a, a, a an email a picture sent to me by my my old friend nikki who uh, works at the huntsville botanic garden up in huntsville alabama terrific botanic garden Folks up in north central Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, as one of the coolest botanical gardens in the south. It's small, but it's got a lot of stuff going on. Anyway, she sent me a picture of a cicada coming out of its larval skin. So uh, cicadas are back. I hope you like them. Hope you get used to that sound. Um, also, I'm getting emails from insect uh, about insects in the garden, and, and um, you know, especially squash vine borers and stink bugs. And it sort of reminds me of that old uh, uh, internet meme from back in the 80s: uh, "All your squash are belong to us." Anyway, it's just a lot of lot of bugs out there. If you're going to spray for bugs, keep in mind that not all insecticides are safe to use on all vegetables. Some you can use, some you you shouldn't. Uh, Also, there's a waiting period between when you spray spray stuff, including some of the natural stuff, between when you spray and when you can safely harvest. So if you've got a problem in the garden, let's find out really what is it, because not all insecticides control all insects. If it's a chewing-type thing or if it's a sucking-type thing, uh, different kinds of... Anyway, read the label. It'll have not only what it will control, what type of of insect it will control, what vegetables it can be used on and if there's a waiting period it tells you what that is and above all if you got to spray in the garden do it late in the day after all the bees and butterflies have kind of uh, tucked themselves away for the evening by morning the insecticide should have worked and um, and and will be gone these things break down pretty quickly so anyway play it safe not just for you but for all the other critters out there Uh, control without diagnosis is malpractice. Let's just don't do that. Hey, if you want to give us a call, we've got the lines open. Toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. I uh, got an interesting email uh, this week from, well, not, and it's a, it's a really straightforward one, from uh, my, a friend of mine named Linda in Jackson. She just cut some old trees down and got a sunny area with some bear patches. Wants to know if it's uh, too late to lay down sod. She wants to plant some St. Augustine. And uh, the answer is no. It takes sod new sod, about a month or four, five, six weeks to get completely established. Uh, after you lay sod, up uh, two months after you lay sod down, it thinks it's been there forever. You know, what you buy and put down one day replaces itself over a few weeks, so what you actually buy a month later is completely gone. It's replaced itself with new growth, and that new growth doesn't know how old it is. So anyway, it takes about a month or a month and a half Here's the key, though, when, when you're laying sod, spring, summer, especially in the fall, try to get it done if you can uh, sometime this month or uh, early September so it has time to get settled in and knit it into your ground before uh, winter time, because new grass can dry out even in the wintertime. If it's sunny and the wind is blowing, it can dry it out and kill it. So anyway, we want to get roots down deep as quickly as possible, and there's, two things to do for that. And if you've got a healthy lawn, do this because it helps your grass replace itself. Keep in mind, we're not trying to keep grass looking good, we're trying to encourage it to replace itself with healthy new grass. So, continuous process. Not like an old shrub or something. What you want to do is when you water, water really deep. Yeah, sometimes it means turning the the sprinkler or the hose on for or 15, 20, 30 minutes, and then turning it off for an hour and then back on again to really soak it in. And then here's the kicker. Leave it alone for a week or more. Don't keep it wet, because if you water more than every week or two, that's going to keep your grassroots real shallow because it can't breathe if it stays wet down there all the time. So good deep soaking every week or two is the most you need to do. There's no lawn care manual in the South that recommends watering more than once a week so if you water more than once a week there's there's no basis for that at all except it makes you feel like you're somehow amortizing the cost of irrigations anyway water good water deep and leave it alone in case a new side uh, good soaking once a week maybe wet it down in between a week uh, uh, in between times just to keep the top uh, green and growing but uh, within a month or so that grass will think it has been there forever so let's go ahead and get that done so anyway, okay, we're gonna take a real quick break, folks. We got the uh, the lines open, toll free. It's one eight seven seven MPB ring. So if there's some things you want to chat about, got some questions, some comments, or just something that's on your mind. Give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb We'll repeat those uh, numbers as soon as we come back. But we're going to take a real quick break and uh, come back with more of your phone calls here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting's program we call the Gestalt Gardener. Stick with us, folks. We'll be right back.
1: get to a radio? Well,
0: don't worry. MPB Think and Music Radio are available online and on our MPB public media app. It's simple. Just log on to our website at mpbonline.org to get started. This is MPB Think Radio. Okie dokie, folks, welcome back to Horticulture's Feltorussia. We're talking about gardening. Um, There's a lot of things going on. Uh, One thing that I would recommend, if you've got a small garden or a container garden, a small space, maybe just have a patio or even just a porch, you can plant herbs and vegetables right now, summertime stuff, and get a harvest before fall. Here in the Deep South, we're real fortunate to have a long Uh, 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 fall uh, late summer and fall that gradually as the days get shorter and gets cooler you can actually have a better crop if you plant stuff again in July first part of August so if your plants look kind of bad you feel kind of bad you don't have to redo the whole garden I don't feel like you have to garden like a farmer you know just go ahead and work up a little bit just a little bit plant some more stuff Watered in good cover the ground with some mulch to keep it from uh, overheating in the in the sun and and uh, those plants should really jump uh, p- summertime plants set out right now actually grow better and faster and sturdier and stockier than those set out back in the spring was cool and wet, and they'll produce a whole lot before fall and this applies by the way for flowers like salvias and zinnias and cosmos we got plenty of time to do this kind of stuff, so don't feel like that just because of dog days and uh, things are burning up or you just don't feel like it, find a time to work. If nothing else, just a big pot, a big pot with, uh, you know, one patio tomato and maybe uh, some basil, some oregano or something like that. Anyway, no problem whatsoever planting stuff, summertime stuff right now. Hey, let's slide down to uh, central Mississippi to Georgetown. Uh, Is this uh, Solisa? Yes. Hello, how are you?
1: I'm fine, how about you?
0: So far so good, trying to stay cool. What can I help you with today?
1: Um, I was just wondering, I like flowers and um I was just wondering like I've seen like um purple lilies and I've seen um white lilies, but I've never seen a pink lily and I was wondering if you
0: have uh, pink. Pink. Uh, did you say lily? Yes, lilies. Uh, well, the, you know, lily is a it's a big family. There's the, there's there's actually a type of lily that's that's in people's yards right now. Some people call it naked ladies. I don't know if you've seen them. They just pop up out in the lawn about knee high with big uh, pink flowers. But uh, there's a lot of a lot of different kind of lilies that you can buy. The uh, they're not season not balls, but they're little fleshy things you put in the ground. But there are some good pink lilies. Oh, okay. Uh, but, you know, there's also, the uh, again, right now, if you'll if you ride right around some of the uh, older houses, we'll probably have this thing that it just comes up out of the ground on a stem, just a plant, no leaves, just a stem about knee high with big pink trumpet-looking flowers on it. Uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. call that naked ladies because the leaves come up in the fall. You know those red spider lilies that come up next month in September? Mm-hmm. Well, this is like that except it's much bigger and it's pink and it blooms in July and August. So anyway, if you see some of those in some people's yards, I know that they'll be glad to 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 get to, to dig it. You know, as soon as they get through blooming, you dig them up and there's a whole bunch of bulbs there and they can share them with you. But that'd be oh, a, that'd okay. be a real easy one right now. Oh, okay. Well, well thank I, you for I, telling I, me that and sharing that with me. I appreciate. Thank you for your call. Appreciate it fine now okay Now let's slide up to the hill country to sturgis hey chip how are you this morning good morning felder oh ain't but one street in sturgis that i know of you live on it uh pretty much <laughs> <laughs> um, what's going? Uh, <laughs> i used i used to go through there when i was going from mississippi state down to, to uh to jackson all the time so what's up okay, nice little town okay here's
1: the deal got it a- got an elm tree in the backyard Beautiful, beautiful
2: elm tree. Everything is wonderful. All of a sudden, I would say about a month ago,
1: started dropping its leaves, and then it started profusely dropping its leaves. Now, I got the leaves falling into my hand. I'm looking at them. I don't. They're not yellow. They're they're they look exactly like they should look when they fall normally. It's got something to do with yeah. the rain, or
0: that maybe Dutch elm. Uh, it wouldn't be Dutch elm. Uh, Dutch elm, and uh, there's another called phloem necrosis. Both, both of those are, one's a, a fungus and one's a, a kind of a bacterium thing, and they're spread by, in, the, the fungus does, and the bacteria are spread by insects. Anyway, they, they clog up the tubes on these plants, and basically uh, they can shed, but it'll be, just be part of it at a time. Uh, not, not the whole tree. If it happens all at once, that's going to be some kind of real sudden stress. It's so that could be okay. something that's slow like the like uh, the elm diseases. Uh, it's also not likely to be lightning because uh, when a tree dies suddenly, typically the leaves turn brown and stick on it. They don't shed when they're green. So it sounds like just some kind of real serious sudden stress, not enough to kill it, but enough to make it throw its leaves off. So uh, and I'm. Pr- I'm well if it was struck my lightning usually the, that part you know like i say turns brown and the leaves stick on it if they're shedding while they're green to me that's some kind of temporary stress it might be that it stayed a little too wet or a little too dry or maybe it's a root damage you know maybe you filled in or cut. I, I don't know but it doesn't sound like when the leaves stick on it and turn brown that's bad if they shed off there's hope whatever the cause was.
3: Is it possible, Felder, that it's just losing its leaves
0: early? No, not this time of year. Not this time of year. I mean, it's, anything's possible, but not likely. It sounds more like some kind of sudden stress. And, um, but, so anyway, you know, without some kind of symptom to go by, you know, even though I've worked with trees for decades, all I can do is guess, but my rule of thumb, if they're, green, if they're shedding there's hope. If they turn is and stick, that's a problem. So uh, not anything I could recommend uh, except maybe think of anything's been done under the uh, under the outer spread of the branches to the root or the soil or anything like that in the past year or so. But uh, let's let's see if they put on some new leaves. See what happens. Because I bet they're, they're, it's just a temporary stress, and they're saying uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna reboot here. Right. Anyway, I hate to guess about stuff like that, but I'm not going to make stuff up. Anyway, now let's go to uh, somewhere on the road. Mary Jane, where are you calling from?
3: Hey, I'm from Natchez.
0: Okay, howdy. What's going on?
3: I have uh, my son's yard, but it's in northern Virginia, in the D.C. area. But he has four little girls that have played in the front yard, and there's no grass, and the roots of the trees are sticking up. The girls are growing up, and don't need to play out there like they used to right and I was wanting to help him and I want to know should we put a, a thin layer of dirt or mulch over these roots and try to plant some grass or ground cover just to make
0: it look better yeah mayor Jane these are these are really good questions this is a common situation a lot of people deal with and I, I, I deal with it myself uh, first of all in that part of Virginia, uh, you might be able to grow some of some of the, what, what we call the northern grasses, like ryegrass or fescue, one of those kind of things. And you, th- that, that could be planted in the fall because they'll get wintertime sunshine. That'll help a lot. But as far as filling in around those roots, the reason the roots are shallow isn't just because of the girls playing there, but because uh, in, in, even in the mid-Atlantic part of the south, when, when, when it rains a lot, trees can't grow deep roots. They stay on top of the ground, pretty cl- They're real shallow. So what's happening is, the, is the roots get longer. The, they get bigger around, sort of like your, your upper arms or your thigh. And that's what's showing as the dirt disappears. I would recommend putting some mulch. Uh, bark would be a good idea. Any kind of, of a, of organic mulch that'll protect it in the immediate short run. Uh, but also it'll help improve the soil over the next few months or wintertime so that if they plant a ground cover next year the dirt will be a whole lot better and then just plant in between the roots i think that would work really well it's hard to get any kind of real good grass started under a tree even in the mid-atlantic so i'm thinking mulch ground covers would do well and there's plenty you know you can grow uh this stuff called pachysandra which you can't grow in Natchez, that's a good ground cover for for up there for shade. Uh, English ivy, pachysandra, those are are pretty popular for the shade. But also just think about having, just leaving the the roots exposed. Make it where where the grass stops instead of just where the grass peters out on the tree. Make a distinct line, curve, square, straight, whatever, uh, where the grass goes to here and from here on as trees and tree roots. And just let them be what they are. Put a bench under there and just let tree root. That's what they do at the American Horticulture Society headquarters over in Alexandria, just south of D.C. Um, you know, they just let the roots be part of the tree and just make the grass edge a uh, distinct. Here's where grass is. Here's where roots are. And that, that works too. It looks good. But, you know, in the short run, I would not put a bunch of dirt. I'd just spread some mulch. And then uh, next spring, uh, it will have improved the soil enough for it ground covers. It'll 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 really jump.
3: That's that. I really thank you very much. I didn't trust my own instinct, and, uh, <laughs> but I appreciate it.
0: If 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 you if y'all ride around up in there, some of the older parts of town, you'll see it. And. and most of the time we don't pay attention to what shape a lawn is. But if you look at any particular garden, even in Natchez, look at what percentage of that lawn, uh, that landscape is actually lawn, and you'd be surprised at how much isn't and see all sorts of good ideas at work. So anyway, if you need some more, shoot me an email. All righty. Let's slide over to Madison. Hey, Harry, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, Felder. How are you? Well, I'm doing good. What's up? Doing well, I should say. Uh, I've had
2: a a small rose bush for about 15 years. Uh, I don't know what kind it is. It's not a hybrid tea. When we bought it, it was labeled Monticello, but I've never found a rose called that. I
3: haven't either. Uh, It's done
2: great for about 15 years. It blooms once, and then it's done. But about a month ago, some of the branches started turning brown yeah and I cut out the dead part, and a week later more were brown, and I cut out the dead part
0: almost the whole thing is brown now none of my other roses are doing this, yeah, well and there's all sorts of possibilities you know there are root diseases uh you know that that can affect one rose and eventually spread to others, you know but it's going to be either root or a lower trunk problem one, one of the two you know it, it, I'm assuming you never hit it with a string tremor where if it's a you know just a branch or two dying at a time which happens to to me you know you prune it out prune it out prune it out about all you can do Harry is go in whatever's left go ahead and cut it back pretty far to stimulate some real strong growth in case's having a root problem that'll take the immediate stress off it and put force it to put out new growth is better balanced with a damaged root system so unless it's a root disease a fungus or something in which case it's just going to peter out uh, some some hard pruning a lot of times can rejuvenate it take the stress off rejuvenate it other than that there's no kind of treatment i can recommend and and by the way you know this happens to me too
2: yeah yeah i just i just (laughs) wondered if it was something that might i mean the other roses are not that close to it but you
3: know there's there's other roses out there
0: and this is just a well, so sudden that it's confusing. well there there are there are some some fungal diseases i don't know there's any bacteria diseases that affect roots but uh, roses but there's there ser- several major root problems uh d- diseases fungal diseases that once they get started because of some damage or too wet or too dry or something like that then uh, then they can overwhelm a plant a lot of times they can regrow new growth or they can grow new roots Upstream from the the damage. So that's what I'm saying. Just take some of the stress off of it. Mulch it really good and let's see what happens. That's all we can do really Okay Good luck on it man. Stay cool Alrighty folks, I've got a cheesy tune coming up in just a second. Really really cheesy one, but uh, let's let's talk to Gretchen In Jackson. Hey, Gretchen, good morning. Howdy. Hi, Felder. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. What's going on?
3: Good. Well, I've got two mimosas that my niece gave me, and they came up. The first year, they came up with one huge branch, totally. Yeah. And then... So, I said, this isn't going to work. So, I cut it down to around three feet from the ground, and it came back with fuller, but still, there's one renegade branch flipping out. (laughs) So, what do I do with this? Where do I cut
0: that? Yeah, you know, it's funny, but I've got one eyebrow that does the same thing. (laughs) What does, what does that mean? <laughs> the, you know, this is the nature of the beast. Uh, mimosas want to grow long, arching branches, which become long trunk. An old mature one is gonna just long branches. Only way you can make them uh, branch out is to make them by pruning. And I mean, this is just the nature of the beast. And, and by the way, you can do it right now. I've, I have a mimosa tree. I love the flowers, hummingbirds love it, but I don't like all the seed pasta. Every year I cut it back and start it over again, but get this, Mm. I do it this time of year because then it doesn't go to seed and these long, look like great big giant ferns come back out. And so, you know, if you go ahead and cut that branch back now, it's time for plenty of time for the new growth to come out. And you know, mm-hmm. just, just layer it. Whenever a branch is too long, wherever you make a cut on it, the new growth is going to come out right there. So keep that in mind when you decide where to cut it, because that's where the new growth is going to come out. But well, that's, all you that's what do. I'm
3: saying. If I cut it close to the, the trunk, then I will get bushier branches, won't I?
0: Yeah, but if you cut it, you know, five feet, six feet, ten feet, three feet, wherever mm-hmm. you cut it, the new growth is going to come out there. Right. And when they, when they send a bunch, if they have several branches come out of it, Pop mm-hmm. off all but the one or two that you want to leave. Just pop them off with your finger when they're when they're okay. little. Okay, okay, that's that's what I was just needing
3: to do because these things are just reaching to the sky here, and I need to know how to control that, them. Yeah, that,
0: that's what they want to do, and the only way to do that is to crop them back, and you know, and then thin. Instead of having a witch's broom at the end of every branch, just pop off all the ones that you like.
3: Oh, okay. Thank you much, then. Okay, appreciate okay. it. Thanks Gretchen. Thank you. Okay, bye bye.
0: Okay, folks, we're going to take a little bit of a break. We've got the lines open if you want to give us a call. It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. We're going to be here right up until 10 o'clock, so if there's some things you want to chat about, go ahead and dial us up and get in the queue here. Kevin is is uh, greeting everybody on the phone, putting in line, and uh, we'll take them as you come. Anyway, I'm Horticultural's fellow can here at MPB. We're going to do a little bit of a wildlife tune. You know, we know what the dogs say. We know what the frogs know what the horse says we know what the what the the what the birds say but what do foxes say i'm a horticulturist fellow rushing we'll be back more with the gestalt gardener and your phone calls right after this
3: Mouse goes squeak, cow goes
1: moo, frog goes croak, and the elephant goes toot. Ducks quack and fish go blub, and the seal goes ow, ow, ow. But there's no sound that no one knows. digging holes Tiny paws up the hill Suddenly you're standing still Your fur is red, so beautiful Like an angel in disguise But if you meet a friendly home Will you communicate by more oh 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 how will you speak to that oh 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 oh
0: dokie folks welcome for the closest rushing. Java. it's been a while since we heard what the fox says i don't know if uh if that ever made the the dance floor or anything like that what do you think
1: uh fella, the one <laughs> the one thing i do know it did make everybody in the studio look at each other and say what is this <laughs> i know that's what it did <laughs> i don't know about the that's dance okay. floor <laughs>
0: That's okay. I, by the way, I just got an email uh, from a listener who said, uh, the little prince can tell you what the fox is. The fox says you are forever responsible for what you tame. Anyway, I appreciate that. Folks, if you want to shoot me an email, I'm um, staring at my computer, 1877 877 mpb ring or garden at mpbonline.org. Let's slide over to Lafleur County to Greenwood. Hey, Bill, good morning, sir.
1: Hey, Felden, how are you doing today?
0: Fine, fine. What's going on?
1: Okay, when well, I was a little boy, mom moment
0: ago, we'd drive out in the country and it
1: was so beautiful. You see, just, you know, almost seemed like it was miles of ironweed and uh, all different kind of wildflowers. And now all I see is goldenrod and some coreopsis. But I was wondering what happened to the ironweed. Uh, is it like that in other areas? Has it disappeared? But, you know, I. Last time I was yeah.
3: back
1: to, several years ago, I found one plant. I brought it back and it, I planted it, and uh, I had loads of seed, but you know, then nothing came up.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's oh, it's man. kind of strange, you know. It there's it, not there's nothing specifically affecting ironweed. It's a great plant, and usually it blooms right about the same time as goldenrod, which we're a little bit away from that. So you know, it, it, it's too early to see ironweed. One of my favorite tall purple uh, late summer early fall wildflowers so uh, as far as I know it's still out there now in the delta of course I'm from the delta if you know if, if it's flat somebody's gonna have planted something in it so you know you'd like to find this around old uh, fields that are at least three or four years abandoned when you start seeing goldenrod you know that's when you find the ironweed it could also be the ironweed. Uh, seeds aren't spread as well as the goldenrod seeds are goldenrods in the same family as sunflowers and all like that so anyway i see plenty of ironweed it's just not as predominant as the sturdier faster spreading goldenrod so
1: it's out there how do you plant did you plant regular way
0: the seeds, where do you get yeah, it? The, the seed, you know, it's is like goldenrod. It's not a protected plant. What you could do is is you could find some, uh, you know, when it's in bloom, not the best time to dig it, even though it's late summer. What you could do is cut that plant back, dig up the roots and transplant. In other words, don't just dig it up while it's in bloom. Cut it back and move just the roots. And it should come back fine as a some multiple stem perennial, just like goldenrod. So, you know, when you find some, as soon as you see it, if you're not – otherwise, you're going think about it. Just cut the plant back to two or three inches tall, move the roots, and you'll get it started that way. Mm. Um, mm. Let, me, let me throw this out. There, there, is another, there, there is another wildflower that is, I think, one of the – it's a seriously overlooked, terrific, all summer and fall blooming thing. It's like ironweed. It's called tall verbena. Uh, it's a real airy plant, but tall verbena, it's got a weird name, it's verbena bonariensis. but tall verbena gets uh, uh, chest high, head high, lots and lots of brilliant purple flowers spring, summer, and fall. It's a great plant for any kind of wildflower or perennial border. It's just called tall verbena. And I've got it in my garden, no water, no sprays, nothing but butterflies for spring till frost. Oh, what about Joe pie weed? Do we have any around here? Or, we we do. There, there's two main kinds of Joe pie weed. One you see up in the mountains is a little bit smaller, but the the Joe Pye weed uh, that grows for us is 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 you can find it down in low wet ditches where you find the tall narrow leaf sunflower. Um, yeah. Joe Pye weed grows well in, in areas that stay kind of wet in the in, in the winter even if it dries out in the summer. So it's going to be a low wet ditch bank type areas. And most of the time people have cleared those out, you know, by with mowers and sprays and stuff. So anyway, I see it from time to time along road signs that aren't heavily, uh, uh, you know, mowed and sprayed and stuff, but always in a low wet area. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and it'll, always... gr- it, it'll grow fine in a regular garden, but it grows naturally. Where you're going to find it is in low wet areas, but it's still a great plant, terrific plant, one of the one of the top ten North American perennials grown in European gardens. is Joe Pye Weed. Well, that's
1: what's always got me in trouble with my neighbor because I just love tall plants like the big sunflower, and my neighbors don't to seem to like all plants
0: (laughs) well you just got to hold your head up and go on that's all it is to it you know your neighbors aren't gonna like a lot of stuff you know i mean there's people want me to cut my hair but my hair is the same length as ben franklin's was and he's on a hundred dollar bill so you just got to go with the flow and also Mm -hmm. put something out there for your neighbors uh what what they call a uh uh, something that let the neighbors think you do it on purpose like put maybe three different four by four posts at different heights with a birdhouse on top of each one. Do some kind of, of uh, art, you know, naturalistic artwork like that. You know, a group of of, uh, of uh, birdhouses on different size sticks that makes it look like you're doing it on purpose. And then mm-hmm. they can just shut up. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, they kind of yeah. like me today because all them surprise willies just came up the other day. So there you
0: funny. go. There you go. Well, there's nothing uh, like putting what they call a human scale point of reference, uh, a piece of split <laughs> rail fence, some birdhouses, a wagon wheel. Put something like that out there so the neighbors think you do it on purpose. All right?
1: Okay. All right. Thank you, Felder. You have a good day. Okay.
0: Appreciate it, Don. Thank you so I mean, Bill, thank you so much. Uh, speaking of Don calling from on the road. Hey, Don, good morning, sir.
1: Good morning. I have a
0: question
1: about the uh, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, the butter beans. Uh, We've been growing butter beans in the same spot for a while now, and this year they're just really not producing. Um, Any clues?
0: A couple of things. Uh, One is I've gotten a lot of calls and emails this year about people whose gardens didn't do well. And I think it's partly because we got off to a really late stop. It wouldn't stop raining. And it wouldn't warm up. And if the soil is cool and wet, the the plants don't get off to a good start in their roots. And all of a sudden, bam, it's hot. And they don't have any roots to support it. So it could just be the long, cool, wet spring we had. Um, you know, that's one thing. There are some diseases, though, but that's not going to, you know, that will kill the plants. It won't just stun them. So it might just be because, we got a late start, us all. And uh, another thing to keep in mind is butter beans, like tomatoes and peppers, when it gets really hot, they tend to drop their flowers or even the small beans. So it could just be, like I say, late, late, late summer, and all of a sudden, too much summer, too fast.
1: Kind um, of a one
0: Yeah, yeah. I also think it's uh, it's real important to to move plants around. If you plant beans and peas and related stuff in the same area. They're going to build uh-huh. up diseases. So it'd be good if you had some tomatoes and pepper type stuff and could alternate those every two or three years. In other words, try not to plant the same things in the same place year after year, or you will get some diseases.
1: Okay. Well, thank you very much. We'll try that. You have a good day. Good luck
0: on it, Doug. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling, man. Okay, one mpb ring You want to give us a call? It's toll free. We're going to be uh, here right up until the end of the hour talking about gardening. Uh, By the way, I got a a real funny invitation just a little while ago. Uh, A a couple of of, uh, guys who are down in South Mississippi have been growing tea, Mississippi tea. And uh, I just wanted to to give a special shout out to these guys uh, who've invited me to... Do a little participation thing they've got going on in October. There's going to be a, uh, a new event called the Poplarville Sweet Mississippi Tea Festival. It's going to be the third weekend in October, and uh, uh, Don Vanderwerken and Jeff Brown have invited me to come down and participate with my pickup truck. We'll be talking about that more later, but anyway, uh, Don and Jeff, uh, congratulations on y'all doing so well with that uh, the Mississippi the Pearl River Tea Company. And you know, we're looking forward to talking this event up a little bit later. Meanwhile, let's go up to Horn Lake. Hey, David, good morning, sir. Good
2: morning. Thank you for taking my call. I, uh, yeah, what's one up? Of my, one of my neighbors is uh, putting a driveway in and gave me a sack of iris. I guess you call them bulbs.
0: They yeah, little ropey-looking things?
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, my question to you is, how uh, how soon do I have to plant them? Can of storm a while? How deep do I plant them? And what location? Full sun? Yeah,
0: yeah, a couple of these. First of all, they will bloom better in sun, at least seven or eight hours of sun. You know, some will bloom in the light shade, but they'll do better to get at least seven or eight hours of direct sun. Uh, this plant, you can you can put it in a bag and forget about it till next year. And if as long as they still feel firm, they'll sprout. But I'd still plant them sometime this fall. Uh, did they have a bunch of leaves on them?
2: No, they cut. All I got is just a little root.
0: Okay. Uh, you know, if you'll keep them in a cool, dry place inside, you know, you know just someplace where ants and stuff aren't get to. them. the main thing is cool and dry. As soon as you can get around to planting them, this is one of the few plants that really likes to have that top of that little ropey-looking thing baking in the sun. So what I would do is work up some dirt over the next uh, month or so, every t- chance you get, turn it over, and then get them and plant them about half in and half out, the top part of it. Uh, still showing in the sun and they should sprout out just fine.
2: Okay. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, David All righty folks toll-free 1-877-MPB-RING. Hey, if you've got some events I can help promote anything related to gardening Send it to me email garden at org. I uh, would like to point out an interesting website if you're interested in um, symbols and banners and stuff think just go online and check out this thing called magnoliaflowerflag.org magnoliaflowerflag.org it's just a little simple thing doesn't have any opinions on it but I'd like to see what you think about it magnoliaflowerflag.org we're gonna take a real quick break I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing Uh, me and java and kevin and all the folks at mpb gonna take a real real quick break and come back we got the lines open if you want to give us a call we got plenty of time to chat about whatever's on your gardening mind this first hot muggy weekend in august we'll be right back after this
1: Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. Okie okay, dokie,
0: folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's to Rushing. We're going to be talking about gardening. Uh, and I would like to remind you that during the week, Monday through Friday, All morning, we have lots of local programs, different kinds of things on a wide variety of topics. You'd be surprised. If you're not sure about what they are, go to the MPB website and just look at the offerings on the radio. Just go to mpb.org and and take it from there. Uh, Let's go to to Hila in Memphis. Good morning. How are you? Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. I can.
3: I'm in my car, so i it's hands-free. Sorry about that. Um, okay. So, I have two questions. One about Christmas cacti, which I cannot seem to keep alive anymore. I was doing great for a while, and then all of a sudden, they keep dying. And it's pissing me off, and I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. And then I have <laughs> another question about... It's not very christmas is is it? And it's another question about two lime trees that we got recently, and... Aphids got to it before we were able to put them down in the yard and then uh, put some water and soap on it, ran those off, and then uh, crickets. And so we got rid of those, but now I'm a little worried because I, I want it to start thriving again, and I don't know how I can help it. I feel bad. I want to hug it. I can't.
0: Okay. Well, are you in Memphis or just calling from Memphis?
3: I'm in Memphis, and we're in Millington, okay. actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when you said lime tree, you're talking about like the limes that you eat type of lime tree?
3: Yeah. Mhm.
0: Okay. They they will not survive outside in Memphis at all. Oh really? No. They are barely on the Gulf Coast. Most of the years on the Gulf Coast uh, they'll survive. But even in even in Florida sometimes they freeze. But no, even uh as far north as, as central Mississippi. Uh, almost all the citrus will freeze to death. There's very few that won't make it. So anyway, you're going to need to keep those in pots is what I'm saying and thin them out so they're like bone size. So it only has like like two or three low limbs. And in, in other words, keep it thinned out and compact and keep it in a pot it ain't going to live outside. Sorry. Okay. Well, <laughs> so uh, anyway. <laughs> in, anyway. freeze. So in the summer they can be outside, but then we have to bring them in yeah yeah and you know that's tough on plants being brought in and out because the the indoors the light is low the humidity is low you know they want to be outside all the time and only brought in just during hard freezes if you got them in pots and keep them thin and small and compact you know sort of thin out the the tall stuff you can drag them in just during the freezes and put them right back out even if it's in the 30s they'll do fine so it's the freeze that you got to protect it from without keeping it indoors where it's too warm and too dry and low humidity and all like that. So anyway, good luck on that. And if you want to try to grow a citrus that does well in a pot that stays easy, look for the one called kumquat. It's a lot easier to keep in a pot than a great big lime tree. Anyway, not try to be negative, just heads up on that. As far as your Christmas cactus, they need bright light, but... Oddly enough, they don't like full sun in the mid-south color of humidity. So as bright a light as possible, and then let them dry out between soakings. It's really important not to keep them too wet or let them stay dry. So, uh, you know, that's it. Good soaking. Let it just about dry out before you soak it again. Not direct sun, but as bright light as possible. And you can also root the little pieces you cut off. They'll root like ringing a bell and kind of get them started over if the old ones are in a pot and they kind of root bound. You can either repot it or root some of the little uh, leaf looking the branches and start you some new ones. Clearly, well, it's trying it, to root, them. then once I start
3: planting them, they
0: die. Um, well, the, the long you know, they they are true cacti, so if they stay too wet, they rot. If they stay too dry, the roots wither up. So it's that fine balance between, you know, watering them without keeping them wet. And okay, uh, so, so here's you.
3: About the cast iron. what if what if i um I have it in a little pot that has holes on the bottom so it'll drain the water? What if I put water in the in the like the the plate under it? would that help uh, like it, it soak water whenever it wants to?
0: No, you no because that that keeps it soaked up all the time like a sponge yeah you know, the the main thing as long as they are not too big a pot, if you'll just water them. And then it, when you water it really good, after, and water it twice a few minutes apart because that second one really soaks in. And then just sort of feel how it, you know, lift up on it and see what it feels like when it's wet. Then all I get to do is every few days just reach over and lift it up. It starts feeling light, giving it some water. Okay. So, you know, there's is, is one of these kind of plants that needs attention but not too much. So don't... All right. Anyway, good luck on that, Ela. Uh, and if you have some more questions, shoot me an email, garden at org. Let's go down to Louisville and talk with William. Hey, William, good morning.
2: Good morning, Felder. It's good to talk to you again. It's
0: been a while. Thank you, this sir. What's going Fulton. on? This is good William well, You're back, back in Mississippi or just visiting?
2: Just visiting my mama in Louisville. I'm still living in New York and... That's why I have a question. I, I miss having a yard and everything, which is not easy to do in New York. And uh, I miss being able to garden. And the thing about house plants, which I'm interested in, is I've always told people if you give me a house plant, you're condemning it to a slow, painful death because uh, <laughs> I, you know, living in New York, I'm kind of busy, and uh,
0: yeah.
2: I don't have a lot of time to, to take care of those things. So anyway. And maybe part of the answer was in the question that you were just asked. I was wondering if you had any recommendations. I have a fairly new apartment and a story over in Queens. And got yeah. uh, southern-facing windows that get a lot of light during the day. So any yeah. plants that could endure my neglect and the direct sun yes. that you might recommend? Yes.
0: yes. And, and, by the way, it's good to hear from you, too. Uh, if, if there's Because I travel a lot. I can't coddle plants. I have to have plants that are take utter neglect. And I go with, uh, you, you remember the old-fashioned mother-in-law tongue? They call it Sansevera. Can't say I do. Uh-uh. Okay, this when you see it, you will say, oh yeah, because okay. every little old lady in Louisville's got it. It's called mother-in-law <laughs> tongue, and uh, they're 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 just spears of leaves. Anyway, there's several different types of that. They're succulents. So if you water them, I'm gonna say once a month. They'll do great. And then there's another one called Chinese Evergreen that's real pretty foliage plant. Uh, anyway, William, if you'll shoot me a, 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 an email, I'll give you a list of three or four that are unkillable in New York, and you can get them locally. You may may have to, to actually interact with somebody at a garden center, but there's some great ones. So
2: anyway. Thank you so
0: much, Melvin. Appreciate talking. it, man. We're All right. We're out of time, folks. going to take a real quick break, call a week. The Gestalt Garden is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producer is Java Chapman. Phone greeter has been Kevin Farrell. Uh, If you get a chance this week, take a kid to a garden center. Plenty of stuff they can plant, even in a pot, especially some culinary herbs, so they can have ownership in some of their meals. Take them to a farmer's market, show them where where the the wheel meets the road but most important thing take a kid out and show them how to do what we do best and that's get dirty. Shoot me an email garden at mpbonline.org and we'll chat with you next week.